Welcome to Inside the Upside Down on the Mike Ricksecker audio journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Welcome, everybody, to Inside the Upside Down. I'm author and ghost story and Mike Ricksecker. With me is Shauna Welkel, chat shenanigator from Edge of the Rabbit Hole and a fantastic writer in and of herself. Uh, we have a uh, interesting show coming up for you this evening, Generational Ghosts. So we'll uh, talk a little bit about what that means. Wait here a little bit for the chat to kind of fill up and, um, you know, I'll fill in that dead air time so that's not completely, um, get this guy back here, right? You know, Ichabod Cranium, and he'll put on a little sideshow for you too. That's our uh, mascot skeleton, but our real mascot, of course, is Ghosty. Ghosty spent some time up in Alaska um, this past week, so... I don't know how much we can really get into that. I know some uh, people had some questions. Um, what? Adam Ray and Junior Outlines is in there. All right, very cool. Awesome. Good to see you, Adam. Yeah. All right, Adam Tillery creeps yeah. Ghost Commandos down there, too. So we got the Adams in the house. All right. <laughs> and I'm seeing our uh, Cheshire Cat, Donna Gorton, in the house. Leslie Fear, Candy Orton. All right, Stacy Comiskey. Uh, cool. Uh, Tammy Heitzman, good to see you down there. All right. Uh, the Haglin's down there too. Hey, Melanie, how you doing? <laughs> all right. So, um, all right, generational ghosts. So I want to talk about, um, you know, and this encompasses a lot of things. I want to talk about just, you know, like generations, really. Um, because to me, there's an interesting dynamic of the generation gap that as, um, you know, one set of people kind of, pass away that the new set of people that are there they basically have to kind of like deal with whatever fallout is there from the previous generation they also kind of tend to forget some of the different things from that pre previous generation and then you know they're moving forward on their own not really remembering what happened in the past and that's kind of where humanity kind of screws themselves up is because they keep repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again. So one of the things we talk a lot about here on Hunter Road Media is um, passing on information to the next generation so we don't forget some of these different things. So, um, and there it is, the chat not scrolling. Ah, so um, yeah, Candy's wondering, is that a candle in your pelvic? Is that what you're turning around? Yeah. Yeah? Here. Light his balls on fire here. <laughs> Seriously, we've done this before. People have been like, "Oh my God, yeah. great balls of fire!" If it would light. There we go. All right. So <laughs> he's feeling a little toasty down there now. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is a, a topic that I kind of skirt uh, around um, from time to time, and just. Uh, many of you expressed condolences for me earlier today with my aunt. Um, and it just kind of made me think of it even more that, um, you know, as as people pass on, um, that it's those details that we tend to lose. And like with her, uh, my aunt Diane, and she was kind of a cool aunt, you know, she'd wear leather jackets and... Um, you know, she was just like really down to earth, uh, very, very nice person. But one of the things I always remember about her is her calling my grandfather, just on my mother's side, her calling my grandfather Pop, you know? And it's, yeah, I mean, he passed away in 2006. So, it, you know, I haven't heard that for a long time. But um, what we tend to lose, even if we like have a written record of stuff, is, you know, I can hear her saying it. So just like in her voice, Um you know, saying something uh, to my grandfather and just and calling him pop, that's something that over time is just going to be lost. Um, you know, do do some of these things, we got to wrap it into the paranormal and, and all that. So do some of these things that, you know, we encounter as we're investigating the paranormal, um, even if we have like a history of the location, 
um, you know, are we not understanding what it is we're seeing or experiencing because we don't understand some of these small details that would make sense to these people in their own time, but to us, not not knowing these little details of these people that maybe we just miss that. We just don't understand, you know, what it is we're witnessing. To you. <laughs> Toss it to you back in the studio, Shauna. <laughs> <laughs> she's sharing it out is what she's doing right. she's sharing out the event um which is which is good um, Donna, he said pop pop p-o-p pop yeah. like pop dad it's her it was her way of saying dad pop um and, and she was really one of the only one on, on that side that did that that called him that and so maybe that's why it really stuck out in my mind i do i do have a story it, it happened in a cafe Okay, you tell your story. I'm gonna it, I'm gonna share out the events. It's, it's um, my turn. I mean, it's kind of offensive. An offensive story. All right. I mean, it's always the colorful me, ones. I guess. So, uh, we were in the cafe. It was Rita and I and Teresa, her friend Teresa, and our friend Kyle, and uh, we affectionately called Kyle Pookie Pants. And he was one of the girls, you know. And we loved him, you know. And the spirits there, you know, took pretty well to him. And he was talking about, I, waited, I don't know what Kyle was talking about. But one of the spirits, uh, we caught an EVP, laughed and said, he's such a Mary. He's such a Mary. Such a Mary. And so we had to look it up. Because we had never heard that phrase before, yeah. but apparently what a Mary is when referring to a man is someone who likes men. Right, okay. And there was nothing wrong with that, of course. So I didn't want no. anybody that... But you know what that makes? It actually, it makes sense given the... I mean, we've... I mean, we use the term these days, gay. Yeah. Which means happy and merry. So if you're looking at the... Uh, philology of a word or the entomology of a word in how it evolves over time and how we end up using different words in context that would make sense if that was a word from back in that time yeah well i said he's such a mary a mary we looked right. at the phrase and you know that's what it meant and he was like uh yeah you know that's me that's that's right. who i am so he didn't take it personally and i don't know if the spirit meant it personally but they enjoyed what kyle was talking about you know, whatever, whatever it was, and then you never knew what kind of stories were being told inside that cafe. I'm kind of glad some of that audio isn't around anymore, probably. But um, yeah, so that that is my example of a generational thing because nobody <sighs> refers to anybody. Did you forget to turn the volume up? Yeah, the volume wasn't up. So they missed all of that. Um, they said they could hear you, just not very well. That's great. Well, they got it now. <laughs> <laughs> When I go back for the podcast version, what I'll end up doing is edit that part and hike up the volume. Okay. <laughs> she hates it when this happens. And when this happens, Shauna's about ready to just get up and walk out. <laughs> I like for things to be perfect. And it never is. And no. it, it never is when the professionals do it either. No. So. so. <laughs> oh, well. Um, You're fired. I'm fired. Yeah, Ashley saying we could hear you just barely. Yeah. <laughs> and Kathy Siliento says we heard you. It was just low. I I saw Jake Medford. Yeah, and I didn't see any of these. Like uh, Candy saying, Mike, I don't think your mic is working. Yeah, well, my chat doesn't work so well because it doesn't scroll. I have to manually <laughs> scroll the thing. I mean, come on, Facebook. This shit should be automatic. <laughs> uh, all right. So. I'm trying. I, I can't. I also can't bring up the page in order to share the event. So there well, we I go. can. I Usually, I'm the one. Usually, you're the one having problems. It's it's me tonight. Yeah. So okay. Jake, type something up in chat in all caps. If I'm going to need to break out my ruby slippers in the next uh -oh. hour. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll need to know that because we're supposed to be getting some terrible stuff here. I mean, it's been pouring outside. Uh, we already got caught some stuff earlier. 
So. And I thought that was the bad stuff. Right. I was wrong. Um, Tina Marie Rona's in the house. Hey, okay. Tina, good to see you. All right. Um, so, oh, okay, now it's slowly, slowly mm-hmm. popping up. I'll be able to share it here in the next 45 minutes as we're starting to wrap up the show. Okay, so I did, I did bust out some pictures. Okay. So I think I threw it under Mysterious Graves. Yep. Oh, there's the Paracon. Hey, be sure to check us out. Hunter Road Media Paracon coming up June 1st. Gotta throw that in there. Shameless plug. So, okay, generation. So I was talking about the generation gap a little bit earlier. Um, and, and to me, that's kind of important. I, I, I think it's it's like every three generations or so that you end up with this gap that the current set of people just kind of forget everything that happened with the previous set of people. Like, you know, we're talking like within families and, and what have you. So we'll go here. I'm just going to use mine as an example because, you know, I know my family and that's kind of the best uh, way I can try to describe things. So, okay. This is a group of Rick Seckers, direct descendants or direct ancestors from the 1800s. So, uh, Tom McNicholas, uh, Dustin Samario, and Nick Moulet are actually slightly familiar with this because they went and visited the grave of that really old guy right in the middle. Um, full German name was uh, Johannes, um, Americanized to John, so he went by John. Um, primarily in the Mansfield, Ohio area, and then they kind of spread out. So those of you that are in uh, Kansas may be slightly familiar with Rick Secker Cigar. So the guy wearing the lighter jacket standing up, that's John Rick Secker. He actually, um, he got, uh, oh, he was like a war hero and all this stuff. Um, but he ended up out in Kansas and started a cigar company out there. The one... Uh, Descended uh, directly to me is the guy with the mustache uh, kind of balding in the back, W.K. Rick Secker. He ended up in the Cleveland area. Um, he's the guy that was the humane agent, um, 33-degree mason, all this stuff. Um, so that's fantastic and all. But the more current version of the Rick Seckers have no idea who these people are. I mean, seriously, have zero idea. Um, you know, even... Oh, okay. So I say seriously, and Siri tries to pop up on me. <laughs> nice. Um, so, you know, there's a big family plot at Lakeview Cemetery, which Shauna uh, has been to with me. This is like on the hill with the mausoleums. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. You and, couldn't visit it all in one day. It was mm-mm. just too much. <laughs> so, And you even felt stuff there at my family plot, which was interesting. Yeah. I, hadn't, I didn't even know your family, but... Yeah, at least not that branch of it. You know, I hadn't really heard anything yet. I didn't realize how. I didn't. I didn't really know how. And that's and that's the thing. You know, when someone talks about being an empath and they feel emotions and stuff like from people that are still around, like unless it's just blatantly obvious or I have a connection to you, I don't feel anything. Like if I go to Walmart, it just pisses me off just because it's Walmart. <laughs> but like if I go to I, I don't have a problem with crowds um, I don't know if it's because I'm tuning it out uh, but emotions from the dead uh, all day long if I'm somewhere and one's around I'm going to feel it uh, especially symptoms of what they were sick from or what they died from so whenever I was standing at the family plot and got like this crazy headache from out of nowhere. I uh, had no idea where it came from until. Until um, I revealed that, I'll go back to the photo real quick. Um, the woman next to him to his right is his wife. And she died uh, basically falling down the back stairs of the house and uh, smacked her head. She was discovered uh a long time after and, and she had passed so um yeah very very tragic way uh to die he he passed away a couple years later basically people say that he died of a broken heart that his health just went downhill after she passed so um and basically kind of like after he passed that that kind of severed this 
generation of Ricksuckers. I mean, you're looking at three generations here um, between the grandfather, fathers, and then there's, you know, like a, a son and some daughters mixed in here. Um, that kind of severed this group from the more modern group, which, so I call this like the 1800s generation. Then there's the 1900s generation, okay? So I'm the baby in this picture. Um, the the elderly lady there is uh, my great-great-aunt Bicky. my grandfather's aunt. And he's standing behind her. This is four generations in this picture. Um, and then my father's the one with the glasses in the back. That's my grandmother that's holding me. Um, so I'm the only one of uh of my generation that actually my great aunt picky great great aunt picky met um her life actually overlapped um a little bit if you go back to the 1800s with um with them uh she i don't know if she actually met them specifically so um she knew more of his grandson uh which would have been my great great grandfather and so She's kind of like that last remnant that would have kind of known those stories and those people and the things that happened back in those days. And so those stories really kind of passed by the wayside once she was gone. And what anybody um, that she would have told stories to, like I hear some stories from my Uncle Chuck um, of things that she talked about and that she told Um like anybody that's listened lately to anything I've been talking about with Helltown when I've done my presentations at different places. Um, so yeah, Tom down in there, <laughs> uh, you guys would know because um, you've heard it a few times now. Um, so she's the one that flipped out about them building the highway through Jate that was proposed, um, which is in the, over there in the Helltown area. Um, so those stories came from her. When she passed away, it was whatever stories people would have remembered from her and they've been slowly going away over time like i'll, I'll hear a couple of things from my father at times uh both my parents my grandparents are, are gone now um so whatever stories they had from her are also gone a um, little bit from my father a little bit from my uncle chuck and i'm kind of like the one that is continuing to pass that on so um it, it's it gets harder and harder and harder um as we continue to go forward um, to remember those things from the past if they're not passed on, if they don't keep going. And so that's what, when we're investigating the paranormal, those are the challenges that we face is that some of this information, you know, we're getting bits and pieces, you know, of, um, of history that may have been written down someplace if it's like a historic house or or location or what have you you know somebody's written some things down uh, but it's those fine details that we just end up missing along the way and it just becomes more and more difficult um, to be able to put the story together which you know in a way you know it's kind of exciting as a paranormal investigator because it becomes a mystery as we're digging and researching and doing all that, and I know you and I, we've you know, we've spent how many nights being up to like four a.m. diving into the history of a location, trying to figure out what really happened. Yeah, because you can't always depend upon the dead to give you the answers, and sometimes the documents or the people that have the answers are no longer around. So, I mean, it is it, the big mystery and then you just hope that someone somewhere has something like oh well there was this one time that you know or there was this old book or this old box i thought i saw maybe it has something you know you have to depend on stuff like that at that point it's like trying to pull something out of thin air sometimes um going back to what you're talking about the time before from uh leslie fear shauna that's cool is this something that continues to develop I've been watching. Okay. We're talking about empaths. And I I coin what I am more a sympath than an empath because I don't feel hardly anything unless I'm connected to the living. If I have a connection, I feel it. If I don't, it's usually the dead symptoms uh, all day long. You know, if I'm around somewhere, if I'm in a house, you know, I will feel symptoms. And then if I do the research afterwards, I'm like, oh, 
okay, well, maybe that's why um, that is. So I don't even know if sympath is a word or if it's even a term. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I saw, I saw scrolling back up, you put sympath in there. It's interesting. I mean, maybe. Yeah. yeah. It's, it makes more sense to me to use that than it does. Yeah. Um, Holly Pendlin says, it's so sad how this happens. Almost everyone from my mother's family has passed on. And um, yeah, yeah, as more and more people pass, it becomes more and more difficult. So, um, you know, it's, and I, I made this comment to you the other day. When you have a larger family in which a lot more can be retained, it is a wonderful thing. So I have a very large uh, family on my, on my mom's side. There were uh, 10 kids. On my dad's side, there was nine. Um, the hard part of that is that while you have these fantastic big family gatherings and um, there's a ton of cousins and all that stuff, there's a lot more funerals too. And so um, this is starting to happen. You know, I had an uncle pass away uh, a couple of years ago now, and now my uh, and now my aunt. And so this, you know, as we're getting older, that is starting to happen more often. Um, and so you know, one of the things that I try to do is kind of pick the brains of people and. Uh, um, and try to get those those fine details again. Um, and so now going on to like the next generation, so like the 2000s generation, right? So that would be like my kids and my sister's kids and all that. Um, you know, they, I mean, they, they knew my grandparents. They, they met my grandparents. I mean, not as well as I, certainly not as well as my parents. Um, so they're going to have some memories that they can kind of pass on and talk about. But um like they're not going to remember when we had Christmases at my grandparents' house. I think a couple of my kids may have had like one or two there. Same with my sister's kids, maybe one or two. Um, but they're not going to have like the type of memories that we had or even like my parents had where, you know, we had these the big family gatherings and all that stuff. So they kind of lose that context because um, they're just not familiar with it. So I have, I have a couple others. <laughs> so... Um, so from that to, this is one of my, uh, this is one of my favorite photos. So that's my grandfather. That's a young me on, on the other side. And that's my son, Chase. Um, so you have three generations right here. Um, take note that I'm near this chair over here on the, uh, on the right. So you see the Christmas tree in the back. So this is one of those Christmases that, I mean, he's, he's like two or three in this photo, something like that. Um, so he's not going to remember this, right? My sister's holding a baby in the back, so that's going to be one of my <laughs> it's going to be one of my uh, nieces back there, right? So, um, so let's go with the same room, but another time, and another holiday. This is Easter, the same room. That's me. <laughs> um, this is the. E yeah, <laughs> I've used this picture before as um, it's something. Um, I, I use it as me as a little kid looking up and, and noticing a ghost or whatever. But I have no idea what I'm looking at. But I'm being silly. <laughs> but it's, but think about it. it's the same room. It's another holiday. Um, I'm, I don't specifically remember this, but from this age up until out, you know, through high school, I had all kinds of holidays that I could remember in this room, and. Um, you know, the point is that, you know, my kids and certainly their kids are not going to have any uh, contacts whatsoever as to, um, how those holidays happened, um, and the things that went down and, um, you know, the good times that we had, they're just going to have photos and maybe some stories. Um, and to me, it's the, the stories that are important that we pass on, um, Tillery's in the house, and, and Adam um, shared, let me make a Game of Thrones reference here, <laughs> Game of Thrones, so one, I, I did, like, somehow, some way, binge watch that entire last season yesterday, because <laughs> um, I was working on everything else, and so uh, Tyrion makes, you know, like, a great, great point there at the very end about... Um, people remembering stories um but that's what we have to pass on to the next generations um are the great stories and i've talked before about uh you know the best history teachers are storytellers 
And that's really, you know, when it comes to investigating the paranormal, um, you know, what we're trying to do is find those stories of these people that, uh, that have been lost to time, you know, and that's, that's kind of a recurring theme uh, within Haunted Road Media is um, trying to, you know, find these people and their stories that have been lost to time. So, and Tammy Heisman saying, love Tyrion. Yeah, I always like Tyrion. Um, <clears throat> you know, speaking of, of Game of Thrones, okay, and, and talking about generations, um, that entire show or the series of books, um, that what that entire thing about is the kids. It, it's about the kids and how they handle the mess that their parents are given you know when the series starts off you know the parents are still there um and you know some very slowly some very quickly um die over the course of the entire series and it's left up to the kids you know, whichever one survive to um to carry on and to kind of pick up everybody out of the ashes and and you know it's almost kind of like last man standing of course but um you know how do they handle this you know, crappy hand of cards that they've been dealt with, um, you know, amidst all the, of, of course, the, you know, fighting and dragons and sex and everything else that's going on. Um, it, it's it's about the kids and how they handle things from the previous generation and what they do with their generation moving forward. Um, but, you know, it, it contains all those stories from the past. And, you know, different secrets come out, you know, because of the way stories were told in the past, that they weren't exactly the same. Um, you can see how bits and pieces of the story were kind of altered because of the way history was recorded and what was passed on. Um, so you have all those different secrets within. And I think as we go through the different things that we are investigating, even though it's, you know, we're doing ghosts and we're not caught in a medieval age and, and vying for the throne you know we're still trying to uncover those secrets that have been uh you know whether they're whether they're lost to time whether they were purposely uh you know manipulated because i mean history is you know whatever was recorded right and so some of it is like it may not have been recorded correctly that happens <laughs> it happens you know it's the it's the victor that always records the history right <clears throat> so um oh key is down in the chat i see that there yeah my love <laughs> <laughs> nice um cool so um Donna's asking mike and shauna have you been to oak alley plantation in new orleans per leslie um no I've never been to New Orleans, no. but I will. That is on my bucket list, big time. Yeah, yeah. Big time. We definitely have plans. We don't know exactly when. <laughs> we we have an invitation, an open invitation. Yeah. I'm not sure if we'll be able to make it so, this year, yeah. but. You know, my boss is a slave driver, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I still love him. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and I saw Winchester House, uh, got to mention here, yeah, Winchester House is awesome. So, I haven't been there, but um, from the tons of stuff that I've seen on it in the coverage. Mike uh, Fitz in the house. All right, Mike, from yeah. Bad all right. Another awesome Great to see you, Mike. band that we play on Enigma yep. Underground Radio. Yeah. Um, so Roland Gerodius asks, Game of Thrones, though, made you wait for the cool stuff. Is investigating like Game of Thrones, the good stuff is all about waiting? Oh, yeah, good things come to those who wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Roland's from Raven Rose Paranormal. Um, a lot of times, yeah, I mean, you end up sitting in a room for hours and hours and hours getting nothing. You might get something at the end, or you might not see it or hear it until you go through evidence review. So, um yeah, it's definitely a waiting game. So, um, Tom McNicholas has been to Oak Alley Plantation, so there you go. Um, so, Candy Orton says, take videos. Also, get your family members and their voices in the video. 
Later, it feels more like a real connection to the ancestors in case they don't remember them because they were too young or weren't born yet when they passed on. Yeah, um, that's that's a great point. So, um, yeah, if you can, definitely get some video of everybody. You know, there's you'll you lose it over time. Um, like I was just talking about at the very beginning of this, you know, my aunt calling my grandfather Pop and uh, P.O.P. <laughs> and just, I mean, just hearing her voice say it, you know, his voice um, is one that even to me, you know, I've kind of, I've remember it. And with him, it's it's very different because he ended up with cancer of the larynx uh, and lost his voice box. So for the last 20, 25 years of his life, he was 25 years, he was using one of those electronic gizmos for a voice. So I like, barely, but I do remember his original voice. Um, and that's stuff that, you know, you will definitely lose if you don't record. Um, you know, because that voice just becomes in people's minds. You know, kind of like a song that plays over and over. It's in your head, but how can you, you can't plug in and, you know. So, um So, Pertina Marie, are you going to Mid-South or Silcon? Well, I'm going to be at Mid-South, and we're both going to be at Silcon. Mm -hmm. So, so we need to get some um, steampunk stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Tina Marie stuff is awesome. Mm -hmm. This year, I'm buying something. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Tina's, Tina's yeah. stuff is, is freaking cool. It's crazy cool. Yeah. 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 Um, Tom McNicholas, when I was in New Orleans, did a ghost walking tour of the French Quarter. Cool. Cool. Uh, from Robert Hanna, Mike and Shauna, what's the most haunted location you guys have been to? Shauna? Mineral Springs to me is very active every time I go. I mean, it's so active there that, you know, stuff comes home with me. So, but I, I have never been in there and not had something happen constantly so um i'm gonna i'm gonna say mineral springs for mineral me. springs okay for me most haunted um i mean mineral springs is a great one um that's that's a, that's tough because is it you know most haunted or your favorite haunt <laughs> um because i've been to some really haunted places you know, i mean like OSR is a really haunted place. Trans Allegheny Lunatic mm -hmm. Asylum is a really haunted place. I've never been. There. I know you've never been there. You've been to OSR. Um, you know, um, Stone Nine Inn was very haunted. It's also a favorite haunt. But you know, you know, Mineral Springs. You know, everywhere you go, seems to have something going on. So yeah, every level's yeah. got something. You know, so. but you know, one of the places I was affected the most would be Cheney Mansion, you know? So, I don't know. That's a tough call. I mean, the Golden Run Showboat is not around anymore, but some of my more significant oh, yeah. experiences that yeah. mean the most to me, if you're talking about haunts that are currently still there. Well, Golden Run, we had that whole dancing ball of light yeah. and everything going on. That was, I mean, as far as like a supernatural moment, other than like, you know, that first shadow person experience that I had where it, you know, actually touched me, that was probably the most significant right there. Yeah. I mean, well, we had the crawler incident too, but. You don't always see stuff. Sometimes, you know, you hear stuff after the fact on audio or you might feel something, you know, you might hear some thumps and some bumps and stuff like that, but, you know, I mean, some, some places like, like the Golden Eye, I mean, you really experience some crazy stuff. And you're like, oh, that's not something you see every day. What in the world is that? <laughs> so we still are not 100% sure. Of course, you know, nobody ever really is in this field. But, you know, we have our opinions on what it is, but still can't put a finger on it. So going to have to go back to the to the grounds and see if something's still hanging around 
That's right. Uh, whatever it was that was there, uh, I see here too, though. So um, usually the twinkles are there everywhere now, just one at a time, usually. Um, sometimes I see a ball of light. Uh, not quite as big as that one that night, but and not always that yellow. But I still, you know, uh, and so I have to wonder, you know, has this stuff always been around and I never noticed it before until seeing it that one time, unlocked that part of my filter, so now I see it? Or is it something that follows? Except for you see it too. So I see it too. I'm going to go with maybe it's something that follows and we're just both lucky enough to be able to see it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's following, following you around. Um, and maybe it just pops back here on occasion. I mean, it mostly follows you, but I have seen it here without you before. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, it seems to be pretty benign, but... Um, Roland is tossing out some of the big questions here. How do you separate the EVP of a spirit that is trying to tell you a story versus a malevolent spirit that is lying to gain sympathy? Sympathy can open one up to spiritual attack, right? I just go with my gut. Natural instinct. Yeah, like your sixth sense. You know, you can usually tell, like I can usually tell. Uh, There's some times where I'll feel like activity going on and I'll feel like someone's trying to tell me something, but then something, you know, just shuts it down. Like I don't want to listen. And that doesn't ever happen to me with, if I feel like I'm dealing with a real human spirit, I feel like so far, um, the most important tool that we have to record stuff like this has never done me wrong yet. So far, there's been times where I'm like, nope. I don't know what that is. I don't know, but I'm not listening to it and I don't even want to be around it. You know, I feel like if it was a real human spirit that I was dealing with and not something trying to mess with me that, you know, I I would just know. All right. Um, Yeah, aside from just the gut, I mean, as far as like maybe, uh, I don't know, throwing some practicals out there, you know, just continued questioning. you know, go through, uh, you know, go through some interview type tactics and, you know, see if you can, if you're suddenly suspecting based on your gut, um, if this may be something trying to trick you or whatever, um, just roll through some different uh, interview techniques and see if you can trip them up. Yeah, it's like, uh, like our, like when we went back to the goldenrod after being gone, Mm-hmm. And the energy was different, and you can tell all of us could tell as soon as you walked in that this is not the same. These are not yeah. the same spirits. It's not the same people. It's not the same anything, you know. So, how I approached them, um, the energy or whoever the spirits were, whatever the entities were in there, how we I approached it was more of a uh, was a more serious approach where I didn't want to let my guard down. But I still wanted to be aware and try to get to know what it was, but I just it wasn't quite so laid back as it was when I knew Captain Mink, he was there. And when I knew, you know, you wrote Annie was in there. Yep. Um, you know, the energy was just so different. And anytime something's... Uh, from Robert Hanna, Mike and Shauna, what's the most haunted little... I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I finally got to come up. Yeah, any anytime something feels different than what it normally feels like when you go to a place, you know, don't don't ever just open yourself up to it. You know, you're going to have to flip a switch somewhere to where you're still able to be alert, aware enough, sensitive enough to get information, but not enough to let your guard down. So that that's how I handle it. All right. Uh just a second here as I finally share it out my first opportunity (laughs) you know like i said it'd be about 45 minutes into the show and i'd finally be able to yeah it's been about that right there we go post probably take a half an hour to post (laughs) all right so um from leslie mike what are your superpowers you shouldn't say superpowers but she said what are your abilities what are my abilities um well, let's see. If I look at my character sheet, I have a dexterity plus three and <laughs> charisma plus four. 
He's so humble. Right. <laughs> Plus five. Okay. Um. <laughs> you know I am messing with you. I know. I know. <laughs> Well, I mean, people say that I have stuff, and I just, um, you know, I, I, I guess I always have a fear of. Um, I don't want to pretend that I have more than what I have going on, um, you know, because I've met a number of people in this quote unquote industry, for lack of a better term, that they have a little bit of something going on and yet they make themselves out to be something like way out here that, um, you know, they might be, uh, they might have some sensitivities, maybe a little bit of an empath or whatever. And they're going on saying that they're a full blown psychic medium and, you know, doing, you know, suddenly doing all these readings for people and, you know, all this other stuff. And it's like, yeah, I've, saw you over here and you didn't have all that going on um so i don't want to be one of those people that that are like that you know yeah i um i have some stuff going on um you know i walk into a location and it's different for me than it is for shauna you know i, I can say sure i'm a little bit of an empath not like shauna i have some sensitivities not like shauna it's different um like where we're where we were at tonight that whole second floor you know i was like off kilter feeling a little dizzy and some of that sure was the floor <laughs> um but there are other other spots where it's like you know something's playing with my hair something's like you know almost kind of grabbing the back of my head like what the heck is going on back here um you know so i have some of that going on um i have something going on with with dreams where i've had premonitions uh where things within my dreams have come true uh, i mentioned it on inside the upside down inside the upside down on edge of the rabbit hole earlier um you know like specific dreams that i've had where um it was a it was a dream where uh, out on a paranormal investigation and i got some details of the house um and then a few months later we're basically at that house doing a paranormal investigation so i've had stuff like that happen um you know and i can't i can't say for certain like i said that was a few months down the road sometimes it's within a couple of days sometimes it might even be sometimes it might even be a few minutes other times it's like I don't know, years so i have no control over what exactly that is so i got a few things but i don't like to i've even if you've read the ghost story in case files and in the section there about the dream journal there's also um a, a thing in there about this flame <laughs> so i can make i can make fire jump real high i've only done it once but <laughs> but now you know people are going to ask you to do it sometimes. yes yes now i gotta do the fire trick yeah i've only ever done it once i have no idea how i did it like almost the obe experience you know that i almost had i don't know how i got there but it almost happened and i know after the fact having talked to many people who have had the experience that what I was feeling was I was on the verge of going to OBE and I've never been able to do it since. So, I don't know. Those, those are my quasi superpowers. <laughs> now I just need a smashing types and a cape. Tights, not types, Jesus. <laughs> um, all right, you guys have any other questions down there? <laughs> uh, well. So, um, Donna Gordon says, I called it, uh, when I met you long before you started conceding it to yourself. Yeah. Okay. I believe it. <laughs> per Roland, what's your saving throw? <laughs> so Roland understands I was making some Dungeons and Dragons references. All right, cool. <laughs> Paul. Hey guys, can I get a shout out? I love your show. Yeah. All right. Paul got Hi, a shout Paul. out cool um dawn is going to mammoth cave very cool i like going to caves they're Pat fun craft is thinking about even tights now see what you do oh my god let's <laughs> not go there come on the line the line is from hook where uh captain hook it says uh i i just don't understand how you got into those smashing tights again or something like that <laughs> so that's where i get the smashing tights line <laughs> 
Um, so per Roland, uh, no, Mike, like, do you at least feel like you're in touch? Your understanding about shadow spirits surpasses science. Um, oh, that's interesting. Mm. Does it surpass science? I, I think science can't yet, you know, prove the existence of shadow people. Can't disprove it either. And that's, that's the funny thing to me when it comes to the skeptics, like, you know, prove that scientifically. Prove it to me scientifically, it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, it goes both ways here, guys. Um, yeah, I, I think that with the issue, at least for me, that they're interdimensional beings, that um, it's going to be very difficult for science with the technology that we have now and our understanding as we see it today. You know, even even from a spiritual sense, our understanding of the spiritual plane today. Um, I think isn't quite where it needs to be to fully understand what these shadows people are and if they are interdimensional beings, how all of that works. Um, you know, a, a big part of what I'm doing is trying to figure all that out. Um, so part of that, yes, I'm in the middle of writing a shadow person book, which has led me down a lot more research than I, what I've already done. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and say I surpass anybody. It's just maybe I know a few more things because I've read a little bit more and I've had a number of experiences. That's, I guess, the best way I can probably put that. Yeah, best thing I can, the only thing I can say about shadows is I see them sometimes. <laughs> That's all I got. I don't know where they come from. I don't know what they want. I, I, I haven't done the research on them like he does. So, you know, I, I sometimes I see them. That's about all I got. Yep. Justin Brown. Hey, Justin, how's it going? <laughs> Be sure to check out his show too, by the way. Um, what keeps you going? Staying on the grind can take a lot out of you. Do you ever think about taking a break or scaling way back from the paranormal? You know where I'm going. <laughs> Our regulars know where I'm going with this. How do I keep going? Hunter Road Roast. That helps you hunt ghosts. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. <laughs> Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a passion and sure there are days where you feel really tired. I mean, I mean, just this past week, um, you know, it was kind of whirlwind. So flew up to Alaska, do some filming there. Um, of course there's a time change. So in what the night before I had like two hours of sleep, maybe yeah, so three I at the most, maybe two hours of sleep. Also. Right. Like you got to go back to sleep after I left. Right. No, I would hope so. Not and, so much. All right. No. So in any case, I get a couple hours of sleep, fly to Alaska. It's a three-hour time difference. So by the time I get there, it's like two in the afternoon. So, of course, I'm going to go driving around and you know tour the place and hit some old haunts and stuff like that. I spent three years there uh, in another lifetime. Um, well, this lifetime, but it seems like another lifetime. <laughs> So I do all that. Of course, it's late at night. Shauna's texting me like, you need to go to bed. I'm like, I know, <laughs> I got to get up early, but there's stuff I have to do because, you know, I get back to the hotel and it's like, oh, there's actually things that I need to do for Hunter Road Media. Um, I finally get that stuff done, go to bed, get up in the morning. We're out on the side of a mountain for like 10 hours that day. We did have a little bit of a break for lunch. Um, and it was actually like warmer in the morning than it was in the afternoon. Beautiful, beautiful up there. Um, but it's still a little chilly. And where we're at, where we were at, since it was higher elevation, there's snow around, and so, you know, the wind's kicking up, and it's blowing across that snow that's up the mountain, and so it's a cold wind that's in our face the whole time. So that wears on you. Get on the plane that night. I, I just I'm like terrible at sleeping on planes, you know. So I didn't get any sleep flying up there. I didn't get any sleep flying back. It was like. One of those, I have this alarm that goes off at midnight, right? That tells me, okay, you need to upload the the podcasts and the Alexa stuff for the next day. So I'm listening to a uh, audio book from Graham Hancock. Um, he's got a soothing British voice. It's <laughs> starting to finally knock me out. I crashed out for maybe like 10 or 15 minutes. That damn alarm went off. <laughs> and I couldn't go back to sleep the whole rest of the flight. I get off that flight and go straight to... St. Charles, Missouri, for the 250th anniversary of the city of St. Charles and the Goldenrod Showboat event. Yep. 
at the old opera house yep. at 311 North Main Street. It was, it was we amazing. had a great time. It was a great time. It was amazing, amazing, amazing. Loved it. Yeah. And we got to see that show about, what, eight times? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Gola Rod Showboat Players. But um, basically, yeah, it was, it was like the day that never ended. Because even while flying, because you remember up north there, um, as it gets closer and closer to June 21st, it keeps staying lighter and lighter and lighter. Since we were also flying back east at the time, the sun never went down for me. It got to like right at the horizon and then kind of went back up. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was like a 48-hour day. It was crazy. Um, so we, we did that both days this past weekend. Yeah, And then after the event, the second day when it was over, we did a cemetery crawl. Yeah. I did went to three cemeteries after that. Uh, bonus to all of that, other than the exploring and the awesome event, is that we did go to Smoothie King twice and have some of the best barbecue in St. Oh Charles my God. ever. Um, was salt, it? salt and smoke. Salt and smoke. Yeah, downtown St. Charles in the historic Ooh. district. Oh my God, you gotta go. Oh you gotta God. go. It's awesome. <laughs> it was so, amazing. So yeah, that was a whirlwind four days right there. Um, I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be back on the road tomorrow to head back to Ohio for my aunt's funeral. Mm. Um, but yeah, just to answer your question, it's it's a passion, you know. Um, what keeps me going is kind of the same drive that I've always had ever since I was a little kid, you know. Um, when it comes down to it, I'm a writer. You know, everything else is built up on top of that. Um, and so like when it comes to Haunted Road Media and the other authors and the videos and the podcasts and all that, um, I've, I've done a lot of it out of demand. Um, you know, Inside the Upside Down, this show here came out of a demand from Edge of the Rabbit Hole and those viewers wanting a second hour. Vanessa couldn't do a second hour. So it's like, well, why don't we just do a second show then? You know, And at first it was just me and then when I moved here, um, it became me and Shauna. Well, you were, you came in um, on Skype a few times when when you were able to um, when I was back in Ohio, and so you know there's so there's a passion there's you know kind of a sense of responsibility to everybody else and you know really you know we're kind of all in this together we're all learning so there's a passion of learning and you know also um, you know if if people if other people want something and I have the ability to give it, then I feel I should, you know? So I, that's a big part of it. I mean, I keep going because I haven't had all my questions answered yet. Well, yeah, as far as that, I mean, we're, we're finding, we're trying to discover a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah. there is a passion for it. I would never do something if I didn't enjoy it or feel like it was something I, I wanted to do. You know, it's not like, you know, like I go to work. Oh, holy I, hell, gonna hit, just, we gotta, you gotta smack Medford the next time you see him. What happened? Tammy Heitzman, I saw that oh, nap yeah. pick. <laughs> I was tired, I didn't fall asleep, I was just tired. <laughs> Oh. I, I put my head in the table because like, oh my God, I, this day is going on forever because it was like, I was 18 hours into that day already. Yeah, and I was a little... Or more than that, I was like 36 hours into that day, I'm sorry. I was a little sleepy and, um, yeah, I, I was, it, it was, it was a very exhausting weekend just all around for everybody, I think. Yeah. More so for you, but, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patricia Annette says you're looking beautiful, by the way. And Greg Grinkin says that his daughter works at smoke, uh, uh, Salt and Smoke. I know. He said That's that. Awesome. Man, That's I awesome. need to get to know her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I could. I'd work there just for the food. No kidding. Seriously. It's like, it pull me in a day off. I will just work for food. Like, you just feed me. I'm happy. So Don Bradley's laughing. We demanded a second show. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, and maybe demanded isn't the right word. You guys asked for a second. You asked for a second hour. You got a second show is what happened. Um, so this this is a question from Paul. So we have a, a, a actual supernatural <laughs> question here. <laughs> Does the Zozo demon actually exist? Good question. I've never met him. I haven't met him face to face. Whoever. Yeah. I mean, and maybe. I don't know. 
because yeah, I've, I've never personally met him. So a lot of people claim that they have. I've also seen him used on television shows for ratings. I've also seen him used on like YouTube videos to try to get views. Um, so I don't know. Like you said, I haven't met him. So Tom McNicholas asked you, Shauna, if you found all your answers, would you quit searching or investigating? It depends on what the answers were. Like if I want to know, like for example, like Molly, if I crack the mystery and find out that she did exist and if she started talking to me and telling me like answers to stuff, you know, I'm not sure I want to give her up. You know, so like if she's told me everything that I needed to know, would she then disappear from my life? Because I don't know if I want that. You know, I still, you know, no, I haven't found all the answers. And I don't think anybody ever will. You know, I think, I think in the next life, there's still going to be, you know, I might find out some answers, but there's still going to be something. I don't think any of us are supposed to know everything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's know, why, so. that's why I believe there's, there's something in me that believes that I've passed myself on something from us from a previous life and I need to go find it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're going to be able to find all the answers. And with what we do, there's <coughs> so many, think about all the people that have lived throughout history. Uh, there's no way we can cover it all in this lifetime that to, to find out, you know, the history behind all of these locations, you know, all the people that have been there, you know, it, there's so many mysteries out there uh, about these different locations so many different urban legends that are out there um, that are related to things that are supernatural and paranormal in nature um, there's no way to cover it all in our lives um, one of my favorite sayings uh, one of my favorite quotes and you won't find this in the the actual text of a christmas carol by charles dickens it was a it was a line that was added to the 1970 version of scrooge with albert finney is said by the ghost of Christmas present. And he says, um, there's never enough time to do or say all the things that we would wish. The point is to do as much as you can in the time that you're given. So I do as much as I can in the time that we have. It's not going to cover everything, but damn it, I'm going to try to do as much as I can while I'm here. 126 mm -hmm. years worth. Yeah, he's going to live for 126 right. years. I got about another 40 years left. Today. That's about it. <laughs> 50 so. if I'm lucky. <laughs> I'm going to drag her to the finish line. <laughs> there, I don't know if I want to be 126 well, years old. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how, how well the plumbing's going to work by then, but... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see the year 2100 is what it comes down to. So I was born <laughs> on the 21st. Um, so uh, from Roland, as a writer... Um, do paranormal experiences inspire your nonfiction or do you keep it separated from your creativity? Um, usually keep it separate. Like, okay, like if I'm doing paranormal investiga investigations and all that, I mean, it's I'm, I'm reporting what happened there. Now, when I write, I, I might use some nice adjective. If I could speak now. <laughs> I might use some nice adjectives and what have you to kind of describe the story i'm not going to like create or make anything up um where those two worlds have kind of mesh because i do write some fiction as, as well um so i'm in the middle like i have a mystery series chase michael de barlow series um so there's a third book in the works that is uh, it's been sitting there for a long time now but basically it's hired by a paranormal investigative team um so there's that the two other books that I have, Campfire Tales Midwest, they are fictional tales, but they're based on real history and legends. So, you know, um, the publisher that I was with at the time, Schiffer, they're trying to work in a little bit of fiction because they're primarily nonfiction. And so they thought this would be an interesting thing to try with these Campfire Tales books. So they asked me to, to participate in that. And so, you know, it's supposed to be you're sitting around the campfire telling ghost stories sort of thing. Um, so... But they wanted some. They wanted some truth mixed in there as well. So, if you read through the stories, the history that you're given within those stories is true, but the story around it, the haunting, is fictionalized. 
Um, kind of the same thing with the ghost story in case files. Where that is different is it's just written very differently. Like you just opened up my file cabinet and started leafing through case notes. So you get like interview transcripts and EVP transcripts, journal entries, historic documents, newspaper clippings, just stuff like that. Um, everything else is nonfiction. So there are times where they kind of cross each other a little bit, but I let you know. <laughs> you know, I say up front, like Campfire Tales and Ghost Over and Case Files, I let you know up front, these are fictional tales, but based on real history and legends. So, because yeah, I'm not going to create anything. Um, I have been asked that, and I have been asked that recently if I would fudge something, and I said no. Um, Don Bradley Francisco says, I'm living to be 108. So many mediums tell me that. But then she laughs, says, too old and wrinkly. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Um, do I have anything else that we need to cover here? So we've been going for we've been going for a little while here, right? No, oh, we just hit the hour mark. Wow. Okay. Um, I think guys, we're probably gonna wrap it up. Shonda, do you have anything else that you want to work in here? I'm good. You're good. Shonda's <laughs> good. She wants to go back out in the rain. I'm good. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Justin Brown says it's human nature to seek answers to questions that may never be answered. Yeah, like I'm really fascinated by the whole idea of um, the whole idea that uh, there are ancient civilizations that we're unaware of that really existed because they're so far in the past, but they had reached a certain height in their technology and then basically were obliterated by you know, natural catastrophes and what have you. Some of that insight remained, was passed on in pieces to some survivors, and so they couldn't remember it all. Um, and then they tried to move on with that. And we don't know how many times this may have cycled through and happened. Um, so to try to dig back that far into history, I, I, I just, I find it very interesting, very fascinating. Um, it's, it's some of those lost elements to our past. Cause you look at some of those things that they did back then, just look at any, anything like the pyramids and what have you. And you're like, Oh my God, how did they do that? You know, it's like stuff we can't even do today, you know, or we're just coming into being able to do it now. You know, how did they do that thousands and thousands of years ago? So, you know, what is the real truth of our past? You know, and I'm not saying it's aliens. I'm still not saying it's aliens. <laughs> I'll say this about aliens. Could they have visited our uh, prehistoric past? Sure. Do I think aliens built the pyramids? No. But could they have, could they have passed along some knowledge that would have helped? Maybe. Yeah. In any case, I didn't mean to really go there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Donna's throwing out the Anunnaki. Yeah, any, all that stuff about the Anunnaki, you start reading into any of those ancient texts. Uh, it's very, very interesting. Yeah, that's the last question. I guess I missed whatever that last question was. All right. All right, so we're going to wrap it up. Um, if you're just coming in now, of course, you can uh, check out the replay, or later this week you can... Uh, Check out the podcast. This will go up on all the uh, different podcast platforms like Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, all that. Uh, we also throw in some in-between stuff like in the Edge of the Rabbit Hole pod podcast. We have the rabbit pellets that we throw in there. And then for the Mike Ricksecker audio journey, which is where this goes inside the Upside Down, um, there's some other uh, things that I throw in there throughout the week. So um, I want to thank Donna Gorton for Cheshire catting the chat. Absolutely appreciate that. I'll give some shout-outs here. I'll just kind of scroll through. Uh, Patricia Annette, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, Melanie Baggy, uh, thanks. That's, uh, that is the Haglin. Uh, Genevieve Rogue, that's a very interesting way to spell Genevieve. My, uh, both my grandmothers were named Genevieve, spelled the, with the traditional G, though. So that's interesting. Um, Robert Hanna, thank you uh, for joining us once again. Don Francisco, thank you as well. Um, Holly Pindlin, thank you for joining us. Uh, Leslie Fear, thank you very much. Always appreciate it. Dustin Samario, thank you as well. 
Um, I think I said Greg Grinkin already, right? And uh, there's Candy Orton, Stacy Comiskey. Thank you all very, very much. Chanel Fletcher. We're going to see many of you at the Hunter Road Media Paracon as well. So June 1st, Hunter Road Media Paracon. Uh, be sure to be there. Let's throw up the information here real quick. So I think I threw that on. It was in here. Here's the Paracon banner right there. All right. So June 1st, Mineral Springs Hotel, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Have a ton of great speakers, special guests, plenty of vendors with some very, very cool items that you can buy, you can buy there. Uh, live music from John Shanahan and then uh, Paranormal Investigation at 8 p.m. So I'm uh, really looking forward to that. So that'll do it. I'm Mike. I'm Shauna. Till next time. Thank <laughs> you.